It does. Most people don't own who they are. Yeah. They live, they actually live their life based on the wants of somebody else. Mm, yeah. And then down the road, they end up saying, I wish I would have did this, I wish I would have did that. Because they did everything for the other person. Mm. Look at kids. If you tell kids to do whatever they want to do, they will always do what's in Maybe. their best interest. <laughs> <laughs> They're not doing what's in your best interest. Welcome back to another episode of Find Your Calm, where we talk about all aspects of health and wellness and transformational stories regarding health and wellness. And today, um, I have a really interesting guest with us today um, who has some pretty great stories. I've gotten to know him over over a very short period of time. Thank you, Wendy, um, (laughs) for connecting us. And um, was really moved by some of his philosophies and what what he has experienced. Um, Dr. Ricky Galloway is the president and CEO of Transcontinental Consulting, which is an innovative management consulting firm um, headquartered not only in the U.S., but also um, in Rosh al uh, also known as RAC, here in the UAE. And um, he's, got some, he's got a really interesting story to tell. So, Dr. Ricky, thank you for being here with me today. My pleasure, my pleasure. <laughs> so, let's get started. Let's talk about your background, where you grew up, how you came to be, who you are today. Oh, well, let's see. I grew up in the Bronx, New York. I was born in St. Thomas, Virgin Islands, then moved to Harlem, New York. We later moved to the Bronx, where I pretty much got all my education in the Bronx, Mm -hmm. as well as once I finished high school, I went on to Binghamton University, Mm -hmm. upstate New York, came back home, after I graduated from Binghamton, of course, pledge cap off a side, yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my first job out of, out of college was I was a bio-foster care social worker mm. where I worked in the foster care systems with both the transitioning the children from to or from um, their home or back into foster care. Okay. Then left that and went into the... That's when I started my law enforcement career. I went into the New York City Probation Department mm-hmm. as an adult supervision pro- probation officer. And then I went into the field service unit, where basically what we call the warrant squad. Okay. And um, stayed there for, what, seven years. And then I moved to Virginia. Okay. All right. Uh, when I came to Virginia, I worked in law enforcement again, stayed in the sheriff's office, worked in corrections. Then I went and got my first master's degree in information systems. And pretty much back then, I aged myself. I traded in the badge and gun for a Blackberry and a laptop. So <laughs> you can imagine how long ago I that remember was. Those. I remember those. Okay, so I um, started my IT career at that point in time. Then somehow or the other, I got a little bored and decided to go back to college again. Got my second master's degree in international business. Continued working in IT and just started um, learning a lot more about doing international business. And Mm -hmm. then I guess I got bored again. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like when I get bored, I tend to go back to school. school. (laughs) I went went back and got my doctorate degree in organization leadership with a specialization in information systems and technology management. So you went from the Bronx 
to law enforcement, to IT, to international business consulting, to doctor in organizational management design. Pretty much. That's a journey. Yeah. And, you know, so ironically, I wrote my dissertation on the impact of offshoring on the IT worker. Mm. So while I was working on my dissertation, the organization that I was working with did a reorg. Okay. In corporate world, you could call it a reorg, downsize, fire. They all even mean the same thing. You're out of a job. You're out of a job. <laughs> so, but we did a reorg. So reorg just means it's not performance basis. The, the department you was in, well, the division I was in was offshore to India. Uh, Got a really generous severance package, so I was not mad at them at all. <laughs> um, money does cushion things. That's true. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> once I realized that I'm writing a paper and I became, I'm, you know, writing my dissertation and then I became a subject matter mm-hmm. in my own dissertation, I realized it was then maybe it's time to do a, um, a shift mm-hmm. in direction. So I went from employee to employer, and that's when I started Transcontinental Consulting. And so how long have you had Transcontinental Consulting today? Since 2015. Since 2015. Okay. Right. Okay. So quite some time. Yeah. Definitely. So throughout your journey, I imagine that, especially as a management consultant, because we come from the same background, you've mm. seen a lot of people who have dealt with health issues, wellness issues, things of that nature. And you've come up with some of your own personal philosophies to help you maintain a level of homeostasis. Correct. Talk to talk to us a little bit about some of those things that you've seen throughout your career. Well, one of the things that I, when it comes from my time as an employee, I always had the one philosophy of I need a job, I don't need this job. So, mm. nugget remember, number one. I remember <laughs> one time I went to an interview. And the interviewer said, you've only been at your, I see you've only been at that particular job for 10 months. What happened? And I, I coyly said, I fired them. And he, <laughs> you fired the said, employer. <laughs> you fired them. What do you mean you fired them? I said, well, if I'm working for you and you don't like the way I work, what are you going to do? He said, well, I'm going to terminate you. I said, well, I terminated them because I didn't like the way they worked. I, I understand that. I always believe that there's certain p- purchases I make that money is not an object on. Right. My mattress is one of them. Oh, my God. That's so important. Yeah. So if I'm going to get out of my bed to come see you or come to a, pl- a place of employment or wherever, it must be stronger than the relationship I have with my mattress. <laughs> I love That's a quotable. That's a Ricky quotable. So... so <laughs> And I think a lot of people work and, uh, and operate their life on a, pers- on a perspective of they need, you know, they on their sense of their need. And I try to work my life on a perspective of I, I want. Mm-hmm. I truly can say to this day at 58 years old, I don't need absolutely anything because everything that I need, I already have. I'm sorry. Did you, you guys heard he said he was 58, right? Look at that face. Where's the 58? That's all I'm saying. Uh, Adopt some of these philosophies. Stay young. So (laughs) I don't need anything else. I have everything that I need right now. Everything that I do now, I want it. 
Right. Um, so as a result, when you recognize that it's just something you want, I can want it today and I can want it a year from now. Mm-hmm. I don't need to stress about it today. First right. of all, I think a stressed mind never thinks right anyway. It doesn't. You know, so you lose perspectives once you start stressing about anything. So that's pretty much it. I try to keep things as simple as possible and be as direct as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of times we sugarcoat the words that we're saying, which leaves margins for interpretation. Correct. Say say what you mean, mean what you say, and then you don't have to worry about margins for interpretation. Well, did you mean? No, I said exactly what I meant. (laughs) How how would you recommend someone do that, though? Because for a lot of people, we've grown up with shame and guilt and uh, a sense of politeness and political, you know, you don't say certain things around certain people or above your stations even so. So how would you recommend that someone speak their mind in a way to help create that healthy level of boundary? As long as you're always respectful, you don't have to agree with what I said. But as long as I respect you as a person. So in my case, when I'm speaking to you, one, I'm going to respect you as a person. And then two, I'm going to respect you as a lady. Mm -hmm. So you may not agree with me and you have that right. But you can't say I disrespected you because I came to you in a respectful manner. Mm So as long as I keep those things in perspective of understanding, one, I'm speaking to a person. And two... I'm speaking to a lady and conduct myself accordingly. Mm-hmm. The words itself, you may not agree with it. That don't mean it's it's not the way it is. Right, right. You, you draw your line in the sand, so Correct. to speak. Okay, all right. So you have this philosophy that I absolutely love, and it's something that I, I've worked to embody, but I really love the way that you talk about it, and it's the cup running over philosophy. Let's talk about that. Well, <laughs> well, basically, it's simply this. There's a cup, and the cup holds a certain amount. So whatever your cup is, it holds a certain amount. That's for you. Correct. Yep. Then there's, if you keep pouring in that cup, it's going to run over. Mm-hmm. I don't care who put their hand around the cup for it to run over. That's yours. Mm. If you can catch it, it's yours. Because if you do something, if you take something out of your cup to give to someone, the first time they don't do or or they do something that's not in direct alignment with what you want, you're going to get a sense of resentment because it's a human nature. It's a human characteristic. If you catch what's running out of the cup, I'm just happy my ben- my I was in a position to benefit you. Right. But I'm not going to sacrifice myself. Right. So if I give you what's in the cup, I'm sacrificing myself. So it's almost like we go out to do that. Let's, let's have a little fun with it. Okay. Often, a man and a woman go out to dinner. The man will say, do you want this? And she will say, no. But then as soon as he buy it, she want to dig in his plate. <laughs> right? If I'm it's something you really like... For some, in my, my mind, now this is not scientific, this is strictly in my mind. The last two bites is where it tastes the absolute best, <laughs> right? Because in my mind, everything has simmered in, all of the juices, everything on the plate has now run over and everything, so it tastes the best. 
if I give it to you, I'm depriving myself of that best piece. Mm. So it's better for me to just buy you your own plate. <laughs> leave my plate alone. Well, you leave my plate alone. <laughs> Again, be, thankfully, well, th- well, thanks to God, my cup can run over. Right. So I can buy you your own plate versus sharing that last piece of mine. Now, I know they say if you really love her, you could give her your last. Well, if I really love her, I could buy her whole, whole plate. Whole plate. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in that position where I don't have to give you my last because I could buy you your own you plate. I buy your plate. I'm good with that. I so I gotta know how did you develop this philosophy? I watch. I watch people. I like to watch people. I, I one of my favorite habits is people watching. Okay. And I remember an exercise I had to do in law enforcement because I was on special task force in, in there. And we had a exercise where you see a photo and then you had to write down as much as you can remember from that photo in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And I started realizing that you can learn so much. A lot of people say, oh, you don't ask questions. And, no, you don't have to ask questions. Just spin around the people and watch their habits because your mouth will say what, what you want it to say. Mm-hmm. Your actions will say who you are. So I watch people, and I realize that a lot of people don't have no sense of direction, (laughs) that they consistently say what they want to do, and you'll talk to them. About six months later, talk to them. You talk to them, because people like to talk, say the same thing over and over again. Six months later, they'll say the exact same thing, but they haven't moved a single inch from where they were. Six months later... You'll hear them say the same thing again. Yeah. They have no sense of direction. Mm-hmm. And then it comes a point where you have to make a decision. Are you going to consistently go back to that person? Right. Or are you going to move away from that person? Right. Okay? Some people you take with you. Some people you leave behind. That's the bottom line. So as I watch people over and over and over again, I realize that there are things that I have to do to control my own psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm responsible. When my son was born, I always told him, my, I have one job and one job only, is to make sure you become a productive man, nothing else. Mm-hmm. Right? And as he gets older, I understand that I have to set examples for him. So I look at... If God, is a, if God is pleased with me, my son is pleased with me, and the man in the mirror is pleased with me, I made the right decision. Hmm. Everybody else, get in where you fit in. I love it. I love it. It's, yeah. it's another example of drawing a line. It in, is. In you have sand. to set boundaries because a long time ago, I, I don't know where, the, where it came from, but I understood if you, if you kiss someone's butt, the next person going to say, well, you did his left cheek. Why you kiss my right? <laughs> then the next one going to say, well, you kissed the top. Why you didn't kiss the bottom? <laughs> next one going to say, well, why you didn't kiss the crack when you kiss it? So in other words, be you mm-hmm. and don't kiss nobody's butt. Right. That way, you never have to worry about who you're puckering up against. You know? So, you know, again, people may not like where you come from, but if you stay consistent, they'll always respect where you come from. Completely agree. I completely agree. I'd love to get your perspective on 
because the, the topic of people lacking direction and follow through is, I just did a, um, a video regarding this for our self-care moments, our daily self-care moments. And it is something that I feel like is coming up a lot because we live in a strong, information-rich society, but a very low follow-through society. Why do you think that's the case? Because people tend to live in the moment. Mm. The microwave versus the convectional oven. Yeah. Um, microwave will fix your food really fast. The convectional oven will cook it slower, but it'll taste so much better. Mm -hmm. People like things really quick. So... If I can give you a smidgen of something really quick just to satisfy your immediate need and move on, you're going to be happy. It's not till after the microwave food start getting cold, it start getting a little rubbery, mm -hmm. right? So that's why you have certain people that will consistently um, need motivation because what motivation does is it motivation gets you st gets you started, gets you riled up. It's like the cheerleaders at the game. Yep. Discipline is what got that athlete to play the entire game, okay? Um, when, you get, when you're down, when you're losing, your motivation tends to decrease, mm -hmm. right? But then you have those other, you look at another athlete and you'll see he or she is down and all of a sudden they like you let out a cuss word or whatever. And then that second half is like, what the heck happened in halftime? Cause that person came out like a whole different person. Right. That's discipline. Yeah. People who constantly need motivation don't get very far. Hmm. That's true. Because you always going to need someone coming behind you going, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. If you just tell yourself, I mean, I ain't do it today, but I'll, I'll, I'll get back on it tomorrow mm -hmm. and just be disciplined to get back on it tomorrow. Eventually, you'll be the person telling somebody else you need discipline. Yep. Motivation runs out real fast. Yep. I think I think that lends to what I call your North Star. Right. Mm -hmm. Having a why that you are attached to to help you to keep going, because if you don't have something you're trying to achieve, then it is very it's very flighty. Correct. So. And, you know, there's an exercise called the seven layers of why. Okay. So you'll write down why you say. And then right after you write it down, ask yourself again, why? Mm -hmm. And then after you answer that answer, say why? And then after you answer that answer, say why? Until you get to that seventh layer. You, eventually you get to that actual why you're doing it. Mm. Yeah. It's like you'll hear a lot of times people say, well, I do it for, because I used to be one of the people saying, well, I do it to make sure if my son is good. Well, guess what? I already made sure he's good because he bought his, he signed and bought his own house at 24. Hmm. He lives on his own. He has a nice job. He's working on his master's degree. So he can't be the why. And he's not that seventh layer why. Right. Ultimately, I like doing what I want to do. <laughs> that's why that's, I do it. That's I why do you it. do it. Yeah. yeah. And but that's you know, strong enough. You can play with, <laughs> but when you say it like that, it sounds selfish. And we should break down that word. It sounds selfish. <laughs> and, uh, and understand that even on the airline, they tell you, put your mask on first. Right. Then help somebody else. I can't help you if I'm not here. Exactly. So I need to take care of me first. No one comes before me. I put nobody before me. People call me selfish. I can, I can care less. Right. I've already done my job as a father to raise him, mm -hmm. now my responsibility is to be his dad and show him, hey, 
this is coming down the pike or whatever, and still give them the tools, but the desire, the free will to make his mistake or be Because one of the things I notice in him is the things that make me most mad about him mm-hmm. is the things that make me most mad about myself. Mm, I create, mm-hmm. He's literally my mirror. And I'm cool with that now. Hmm. Because now I realize, well, you did it. <laughs> There's no need to be mad at him when he says he wants to do something on his own. Cause that's what you do. Right. You did it. So, right. you know, and so again, perspective is key. It you is. Know? It is. And once I change my perspective, I change the outcome. Yeah. How does that work for you? Because I'm sure, you know, we have a variety of listeners, but how does that work for you in a relationship? I know for women, how it can work given the societal pressures, but how does it work to keep a good balanced relationship while having this balanced internal philosophy? Love yourself first. In every relationship, every home, every office, in everything you touch, there's a door. Mm-hmm. Respect what's on the inside of the door, but never lock the door. Mm. Anytime you want to leave, the door is right there. I'm going to do everything I can to keep you comfortable while you're in here. But I can't, if I make you stay, it's called kidnapping. I ain't going to prison. (laughs) Every time I went into a jail, I got paid to be there. So, again, say what you mean, mean what you say. A lot of times people... Well, say what they think the other person want to hear. And then it's hard to live up to the standards of what the other person want to hear. Correct. But if you tell them exactly the way it is, again, it's just like when I fired my employer. Yeah. There was one thing said in the interviews. There was a whole different thing when I got there. Yeah. Well, time to go. Have I ever been fired? I sure have. Mm-hmm. And besides being um, laid off from the reorg, but yes, I've been fired before in my life, and I've quit a lot of jobs in my life because, again, I need, I don't need this one. <laughs> it gives you a sense of always owning who you are. It does. Most people don't own who they are. Yeah. They live, they actually live their life based on the wants of somebody else. Mm. Ricky quotable. Yeah, you know, most people, most people you know, live their life based on the wants of somebody else. Yeah, and then down the road they end up saying, "I wish I would have did this. I wish I would have did that," because they did everything for the other person. Mm-hmm. That's why divorces hurt so bad. Right. If you think about it, yes. the reason why you know, I mean death is death. It's that's a part of life. Divorce is not a part of life. It's the part we make in life. Right. Right. And the reason why divorce hurts so bad is because you start saying, you start doing, going back through your checklist of what I did for this person, mm-hmm. what I did for this person, what I, I did for this person. This I and, yep. Well, do what you were supposed to do, what you want to do. And, you know, if that person is truly in alignment with you, they're going to make it work. Mm-hmm. They're not going to tell you, you need to make it work. They're going to say, how can, how are we going to make this work? Right. As soon as people start telling you what you need to do, then do it. Only problem is do it what's best for For you. you. Since I need to do it, I might as well do it. Look at kids. If you tell kids to do, to do something, whatever they want to do, 
they will always do what's in Maybe. their best interest. <laughs> They're not doing what's in your best interest. They're like, well, I thought. So the bottom line is at the point where people start telling you, do what you want to do. Okay. Don't tell me that. <laughs> You're the wrong person to tell that. I'm going to do what's best for me. <laughs> Because I need to be happy. I can't make you happy, but I can sure make myself happy. Right. So I'm going to do what's best for me. Now, again, there are boundaries. Right. Okay? So if you're going to quote me, you can't say, well, Rick said do whatever I want to do for me. Right. Okay? <laughs> there are boundaries <laughs> and respect that must come into play in everything we do. Absolutely. Okay? We always have some, I don't care whether you're the owner of the company the manager of the company or the janitor in the company, we all have somebody to answer to. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you can, yes, do what you need to do and do what you want to do, but do it with a level that it can't come back to you. Right. You know, again, when I got into law enforcement, one of the, um, the chief said, when you, every decision you make, imagine your mother's reading the paper about mm. it. And I think a lot of times people get away from that. Yeah. Because for me, my mother's, God rest her soul, her opinion of me meant the world to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I never wanted to hear the words, Ricky, I'm ashamed of you. Right. And to the, to the grace of God, I've never had to hear that. Right. She, now, don't get me wrong. When she had to lay down the hand, <laughs> she had no problem doing it. <laughs> But she, I've never gave her a reason to be ashamed of me. Right. You know, right. and it's the same thing I tell my son. You know, Nathaniel is your name. Galloway is my name. Mm-hmm. Don't bring no shame to my name. Mm-hmm. So the decisions you make, just remember, my daddy, did, I didn't bring shame to my name for my daddy. You're not going to bring shame to my name for me. Right. So he'd still do what he wants. Yeah. But he understand the boundaries. Right. Because we instilled that in them early. Instilled that respect. Correct. Okay. So we, we've definitely covered a lot of great areas in your personal philosophies and how you were, how you have embodied these things. But like you said, it comes with discipline, right? It's, you don't just learn a philosophy and then embody it and just, it is what it is, you know, every single day. Right. So what are, what are some things that you did to practice these things to help ensure it became a part of your daily habits of saying yes to you, loving yourself, choosing your happiness? How did you do those things? Read. Read. A lot of it came from reading. It's like you may have an idea of how you want to put something together, but just hearing it from a different perspective mm-hmm. You know, and when you hear things from various perspectives, then you can put it all together and see how it best works for you. Mm-hmm. A lot of times what we tend to do is we hear what someone else did and then we try to go out and do the exact same thing. Mm. It worked for them, so let's see if it's going to work for me. And that special sauce, that it factor, you know, that I talked about mm-hmm. to you before is understanding that that's what you bring. And following the exact roadmap of someone else without knowing at what point to pivot, it's not going to get you the same results they do. Right. You know, so for me, it was reading, um, watching other people and just under, just trial and error. I had some I've had some bad breaks, um, but I think 
one of the things that I don't do is live in my trauma. Mm. I live in my triumph. Most people focus so much on the trauma that was in their life. And when my child in my childhood and in this and and right everybody's got know, something everybody got something so stop focusing stop trying to live in the trauma because nobody really gonna feel sorry for you anyway mm-hmm. right um I know people we say things like you hear nice catchphrase like be kind because you don't know what the other person just went through mm-hmm. and that is very true um but when it's all said and done you're still looking to get past where you want to go Mm-hmm. You know, so my thing is understand that no matter how bad my yesterday was, God gave me another 24 hours because I, I got my today. Yeah. So I can live in today and plan for tomorrow. Why do I need to keep wasting time focusing on yesterday? Mm. A lot of times we live in what I feel is an emotional prison. Yes. And what people put you in is... If I can constantly keep you saying sorry, I can c- consistently control your emotion. That guilt cycle. It gets a point, exactly, the guilt cycle. It gets a point in time where, okay, I did it. I apologize for it. I can't change it. If you want to live there, fine. I'm taking residence somewhere else now. Mm. And I'm moving on. Um, because... I cannot allow you to control my psyche. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we recognize what our number is. How many times are you willing to say sorry before it's no longer your issue? Some people, it might be five. Mm-hmm. For me, it's roughly around a three, mm-hmm. you know. And then after that, it's more of a, that's your problem, not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, some people live some people live their entire life and that's my that's my boy you know he looked out for me when i was 12 dude you're 60 <laughs> what are you doing what are you doing you know at what point do you cut that string and okay. say it's time to move on right you know and i've literally seen people i mean like i said i'm 58 i'll be 59 in a couple of weeks couple of months and i got friends that's still holding on to something that Somebody did for them when they was 15. Right. I'm like, what are you doing? Right. You know? You're a whole new person by that point. That, uh, you should you be. You should be, at least. Because <laughs> if you're still the same person at 60 as you was when you were 15, you wasted a whole lot of years. Yes, you did. You know? Um, so you have to just, like I said, keep the, you know, make your own boundaries, but more importantly, respect it. Keep a, a healthy respect for yourself as well as for the other person. Absolutely. So you mentioned books. Are there any on the top of your head that that you would recommend to our readers to help them start on their own journey? Besides my own book, navigating the <laughs> entrepreneurial journey, <laughs> it'll be in the comments. Okay. You know, you can, my own book in the description. But, um, no, I mean books. I like. Um, I definitely like Think and Grow Rich. Yep. Um, Millionaire Next Door. I tend to read any book that deals with leadership and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. That's for me, I can't go wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to put, uh, you know, quite a few. Um, the Power of Thinking Big yeah. Um, yeah, is another one. 
But for me, it's as long as it deals with entrepreneurship and leadership. And just understand something. Entrepreneurship don't always mean starting your own business. Correct. Because you can be an employee. It's just the way you carry yourself and work in the the day-to-day tasks that your employer is your client. You see, so just because you don't have a quote unquote LLC, C Corp or what have you, does not mean you can't treat your employer as if he or she is your client and then act accordingly. Mm -hmm. When you go to work with that mindset of ain't my job, that's where you're losing that because as an entrepreneur, every job is your job. Very true. Um, You know. You may hire people to fill certain roles, but you need to have working knowledge on every particular job. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by developing an entrepreneurial mindset so that you can think outside of that little box of just do what you need to do based on what they outlined in the job requirement. Right. You know, I love I love the phrase of um and other duties that's assigned. <laughs> because <laughs> that's where your phrase. really job is at. <laughs> you know, when you look at job descriptions and you see and other duties that's assigned, that's where your real job is. Your job is the the icing on the cake is all those other words, but that other duties that's assigned, because that's what they're going to keep calling you to do, mm-hmm. those other duties that's assigned. So master those. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's that's really that's that's a really good way to think about that. I don't think I, I've ever heard anyone say treat your job as, as kind of like your own, almost your own business. As, it is, yeah, because it's, every task that you complete represents you. Yeah, that's true. So, again, just like I tell my son, don't bring no shame to my name. I don't want to bring no shame to my name in, t- in duties and tasks that I perform. Mm-hmm. I want, you know, when you leave a job, the employer should hurt that you left, mm. not be happy that you left. Mm-hmm. If they hurt that you left, you made such a, a positive impact that they really want you to stay, but they understand the importance of you going and spreading your wings. Right. Those are people that made the difference. That's right. You know, That's those right. are people that represented themselves so well that we know you have to leave and we're not going to be, quote unquote, selfish to keep you here and lock the door to keep you here. But just know the person that come behind you got some big shoes to fill. Shoes to fill, yeah. And that's the mindset that you want to leave people with. Absolutely. So with all of these big philosophies and you're a hardworking CEO yourself, it's, you know, you're international, I imagine you work hard and you got to play hard. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. How does Dr. Ricky Galloway find his calm? The gun range. The gun range. I love I it. Call it the, I call it my therapy session. It's your therapy session. Yes. <laughs> I go to the gun range. You go to the gun range, get it I, all out. I, it's not even a thing of getting it all out. But when I go to the gun range, I always I try to take a minimum of four or five different firearms. And each one of them has their own personality. Interesting. Right? Um, They have his own kick. Then you can have the same firearm with different grains of ammunition so that you're going to get a different feel. So I enjoy challenging myself to get as small, uh, what we call a shot group, as possible. Mm -hmm. 
I try to keep mine right around the size of a, a 50 cents piece. What's a shot group? Because I'm not even okay, familiar so with what that is. It's when you, you, you may fire, say, three rounds. Mm-hmm. You want those three rounds to be, ideally, if you can hit the same hole mm-hmm. three times, that's outstanding. Okay. But if you can't, you want them to be as close to each other as possible. Got it. Okay. So the further I move back, the more difficult it's going to be to get that shot group. Okay. But the steadier your hand, the steadier your breathing, the steadier your trigger control, the more you increase the chances of hitting that same mm-hmm. hitting that same spot. Okay. So for me, as I've moved back further and further, especially when I'm firing rifles, you know, I still want to, I still want to hit the size of a roughly a fifty cents piece. Okay. So when you're talking about a hundred, you know, two hundred yards away, mm-hmm. yeah, I still want to hit that fifty cents piece as if it was ten yards away. That's got to be difficult. Yeah, but that's why you do it <laughs> so many times because you challenge yourself, All right, to have fun with it. Yeah. Um, that's one thing. Okay. Um, I like working out. So, um, I like training dogs. Really? I train dogs in, to do police work as okay. well as canine bodyguards. Okay. Um, so, I enjoy doing that. Um, I'm not a good basketball player. So, I could throw the ball up. <laughs> when I was playing with my son, I could throw the ball up there, but I'm not a basketball player. That's not, that's not how you that's, find your That's calm. not my line, my, my lane. So, that's not cool. But I like... I like things that challenge me to just be that I can literally go off in my own world because I can think while I'm there. Mm, okay. So when I'm at the range, as noisy as it is, once I put on air protection, it's still just me, my finger, and the target. So it's like free range thinking. It's free range thinking. I could think about things. I like to um, sometimes just get up and go for a drive. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and the more country the road, the mm-hmm. the better the drive for me. Yeah. So yeah. like where, if you think about where you, the road winds and your cell phone don't work, mm. that's like my ideal road to drive on. Ooh, that's that's brave in the states. I can't lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the ideal road to drive on because you're off by yourself. You're off by yourself. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's I could definitely relate with quite a few of those, yeah. especially the driving one. I we we like we love a nice little scenic kind yeah, of view. Love a scenic drive. <laughs> And if I can see horses and, and horses and cows, that's even better. I know, right? Nature. Yeah, nature yeah. ties it all together. Exactly. That is wonderful. I um, I really do appreciate you sharing all of this with us today. I got My to know, pleasure. learn a little bit more about you that I didn't My know pleasure. before. <laughs> so I definitely appreciate that. So please tell our audience where they can find you, where they can find your book, and learn mm-hmm. more about you. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, Dr. Ricky Galloway on LinkedIn. Oh, Instagram's Dr. Rick G. Um, you can also go to my website, www.drrickygallawaway.com. And I'm very easy to find. So you can just Google my name. I'm very, I'm, I can't hide from nobody. I'm very easy to find, actually. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but I am very easy to find. But, you know, one of the things that I like, I love is um, helping people build something for sustainment. Um, That's actually one of the reasons why I'm in Dubai now, is to launch my 
program, the new head of Mother Africa, mm -hmm. which deals with entrepreneurship and leadership training and business acumen development in Africa specifically. Absolutely. And HERA being the acronym Healthcare, Education, Infrastructure, Real Estate, and Agriculture. Basically, what, what we look, studies show that um, developing socioeconomic in those five key sectors will provide long-term sustainment. And I think, um, f I feel that the youth and young adults of Africa, once you, once you show them that they can make, it is their responsibility to make a difference for tomorrow's sustainment of the country and their ownership of their own, excuse me, of their continent. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times we unfortunately keep um, lumping Africa into one country, country and it's a continent. Right. Um, so please excuse my slip of, of myself, but individual countries, teaching the youth of those individual countries that is your responsibility for the long-term sustainment of the continent as a whole yes. is where what we have to do today. And it's what better than to do it when the youth and the young adults, because you got to keep in mind that 77% of Africa's population is under the age of 35. Mm -hmm. And then you have of that 60% is under the age of 25. So if you're looking to do any type of de socioeconomic development, that's the demographic you have to focus on. Hence the program. Absolutely. Is there anything that the audience that, you know, if, if they hit them hearing about this program um, and they may have resources, the best way to contact you through your website, you, LinkedIn? Yeah, you can contact me through my website. You can send me emails again. To, you get all that through my website as well. But you can also send it to info at drrickygalloway.com or, you know, you can WhatsApp me at plus one seven zero three eight six nine seven four two five. Like I said, I'm very easy to find. I don't try to hide because I have no reason to. <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> so, um, and I'll be more than happy to discuss with the, the programs or any other field of endeavors that I'm going through, as well as help you, you know, help you help um, build, start, build, or scale your own company. Absolutely. That's what we do. That's wonderful. And we'll provide all of his information in the description below, so it's really easy to go ahead and find and reach out to him. So... Dr. Ricky, thank you for being here with me and sharing some time and telling your story. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. <laughs> thank you very much. Absolutely. This episode was brought to you by Decompression Realm, a wellness company that creates products to help you relax and sleep better. Be sure to click the link below and put in the code CALM10 to get 10% off your very first order. And don't forget to join in on the conversation at the Find Your Calm community. That's community.find, letter U, letter R, calm.com. Until next time.